Okay, King of Kings, good to see you tonight. Are we feeling good tonight? That was a really nice response. I like it. Praise the Lord. Pastor Wayne, thank you for leading us in the Lord's Supper tonight. Such a precious time when we get to do that uh, together. Uh, we welcome you from all over the, the city, all over the country. We bless you. Also, everybody watching online tonight, we welcome you from the nations, King's Community Live, Facebook Live, YouTube, other platforms. We bless you today uh, from Austria, Bhutan, Brazil, Canada, Finland, France, Hawaii, Italy, Kenya, Malaysia, Malta, Norway, Philippines, Poland, Singapore, Slovakia, South Africa, Switzerland, United Kingdom, other parts of the United States, and other parts of Israel. We are so happy that you are here tonight with us. It's going to be a fun night. Of course, we're entering a holiday week next week with Purim is coming up. Join your community groups. That's how we are going to celebrate Purim together. That is going to be in all of our small community groups. So grab your Bibles. We're going to continue in our series today, Joel chapter 2. I'm going to do a little housekeeping there. Joel chapter 2, we're excited to get to this part we've been waiting for. And as you're turning there, let me give you uh, some updates on, on how we've been engaging with some of the recent events in the world. We thank you for your prayers, first of all. Uh, dealing with uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, it's a serious topic. And um, many of you probably already received our First announcement about that today in your email box through MailChimp. This is a service we use to send you newsletter information. If you don't already get that, you need to see one of our ushers or go online, kkcj.org, and put your email address and name there so you can get all of these updates. What we told you in the newsletter today was ways that you can help us help the new Jewish immigrants coming into the country from the Ukraine. We explained that to you through... Uh, supplies and resources, where to drop them off, what kind of supplies we needed, as well as to our international friends who maybe you can't get supplies to us. There are ways that you can give. Just please, if you give tonight or give this week to the, the helping the, the Ukrainian immigrants, just please make sure you note that, that it is for the Ukrainian immigrants so that we don't accidentally think it's more for general tithes and offerings. We want this to be above and beyond. That's not your tithe. Your tithe belongs to, to God and his house, but above your tithe, if you want to give to the Ukrainian immigrants, anything that we don't receive in terms of supplies and resources physically to bring to them, we're going to take the, the funding received for them and go buy the things we're missing, okay? So it's all going to go, 100% is going to go straight to the families arriving. They're going to be arriving and, and being uh, through the immigration authority, they're going to be put into empty apartments, some of them in absorption centers, some of them in hotels, but in either case, they have nothing. Remember, they didn't move here with a moving truck. They are fleeing and running in the middle of war. As of today, there's about a million and a half uh, displaced and, and leaving the country refugees out of the Ukraine. It's very serious and sensitive. We're praying for many in our community. Those of you that come from a Ukrainian background, we're praying for you. Those of you that come from a Russian background, we're praying for you as well. Okay? So that's how you can help physically and through your financial giving. Praise the Lord. Let's pray over his word tonight. There's so much for us to receive. Father, we love you. We thank you that we get a chance today to be in this free country. 
where we get to talk about your word and the gospel of Yeshua, our Messiah. We thank you for those around the world that are able to join us today. Our hearts are certainly with those that are suffering loss, those being attacked and bombed, Father. We here in Israel, we understand to some extent. Thank you, Lord, for helping us with resources needed to help those in crucial time of need, making the connections. Help us to hear from your word tonight in a way that's fresh, that's empowering, because that's what you intend for us to receive tonight in Yeshua's name. Amen? Amen. Okay, guys, listen. If you haven't been with us the last few weeks, we've been in a series from the book of Joel called The Road Ahead. And the vision for this series came from the idea, noting the time and the seasons that we find ourselves in the world today are not like they were just a few short years ago. We've seen wars and rumors of wars, and now we're seeing not too far away. We've seen corona come and sort of slowly go in Yeshua's name. I'll tell you a funny story about corona. I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm sensing the spirit. I'll save it. I'll save it. Thank you, Lord, for your wisdom. It was a good one, though. It was funny. It was really funny. You have to trust me on that. Laugh like it was funny and just pretend I told you something. And then no one's offended. You know, it's a funny joke that never got told, but no one's offended. Everybody wins. But the reason we're going through this series is because we know the times we're living in are only a small taste of what's coming ahead of us. There's going to be some serious times in the near future. Very serious. Unlike we've been through before, we've never been this way before, at least in our generation. We need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. We need to be moving in his power. Long are gone are the days where we can just put on a good show and we can pretend to be something that we're not. It's time to actually be the thing we were created to be. Amen? It's, it's time to actually walk in our destiny. It's time to actually lay your hand on the sick and have them healed. It's time to actually cast out demons. It's time to actually move in all of the gifts of the Spirit and not pretend they were for some other time and for some other people. They are for today, they are for now, they are for us. And we cannot do the things that God has called us to do right here in Israel and around the world, but primarily here in Israel. We can't do those things without this Holy Spirit power because we were never intended to. So gone are the days where we are going to pretend anymore. In this series, we've been following the history of Israel. Israel was in a prolonged state of sin. They're not responding to the prophet's warnings. Joel, the prophet, is a contemporary of Elisha, and they are ministering around the same time. Joel has this vision and a word from the Lord concerning the events that will take place in Israel if Israel does not repent and change its ways. You see, the Lord's heart for desiring to bless Israel has been explained thoroughly. But an invading army will be sent to make Israel desolate if she does not change her ways, if she continues in her ungodly path. 
unfortunately, this invading army will come. Israel will repent, however. This is what we learned last week. Israel will repent. They will confess the Lord. But it's really a choice about how this will happen. Will we repent with a humble heart to just submit to what the Lord is saying? In the times of the Seudat Adon, the Lord's table, his elements, are those the moments we're going to repent daily when we wake up? Before we go to bed, are we repenting before the Lord, staying clean, keeping that open channel to him? Are we humbly repenting? Or are we going to be forced to repent because of pressure? and persecution, and trial. Either way, Israel is predicted here, they will repent. It's just a matter of which one you choose. It says in the first chapter of Joel, verse 14, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God, and cry out to the Lord. Cry out to him, repent, so he doesn't have to send this judgment. He doesn't want to send it. He's trying everything he can do to get our attention today, friends. Listen to me. Everything to get our attention individually and as the body of Messiah. I'm doing everything I can do to get your attention. Do not make me send this judgment. It's not what I want. I will send it because you are my people and you have a destiny you're supposed to walk out. I need your attention, he would say but I would rather do it through a call for humility than a trial of desperation. Now, we've covered all of the things that will happen in Israel if they continue to disobey over the last few weeks, but we've also covered the blessings that will come if we humble ourselves and we repent. You see, the Lord has been inviting Israel to turn, and he's been giving them a great opportunity. Listen to this. The beginning of Joel, chapter 2, verse 12. Even now, he says, after they've sinned a long time and they haven't listened, he says, even now, today, today is that day of salvation. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all of your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Did you catch his heart? Even now, he might relent, he might turn, he might change that path of judgment, and in its place, he's not going to leave you empty. In the place of judgment, he will now send the blessing. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God for Israel in ancient days. It's the heart of Israel today. It's the heart of God for the body of Messiah. And it's the heart of God for you. That if you will listen to me, I will pour out blessing. I will remove any sense of judgment. I will put in its place a blessing because that's what I've always wanted to do. I created you. And when I created you, my whole concept of creation revolved around you getting a blessing. That's what was in God's heart when you were created. He didn't have in his heart and in his mind judgment. He had in his heart and in his mind impartation of himself, wisdom, knowledge, a great future and blessing. But even now, it's still available. 
to leave a blessing behind. So what does God want from his people? Well, Micah summarizes it quite broadly, and he says, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. You see, it was this idea of humility that God is trying to get across to Israel. If you would just walk humbly with me. If you would just repent, we all sin, we all fall short of the glory of God, we all mess up, we're a congregation full of imperfect people, there's no one in here that is great, we're all trying to walk this journey together, so let's just be humble about it. I was so proud of one of our young men yesterday. He stopped me after I was at one of our other congregations and and after uh, being part of that service, he stopped me and he said, Pastor, if I could just share with you for a moment. Took him to the side to a little private corner and he said, these are the things I'm struggling with. Would you help me? Would you pray for me? And the first thing that came in my mind was how proud I was of him. And I said, This is how you get victory, right here. You confess what's what's challenging you. You you bring others into the circle. You you spotlight the darkness with a big spotlight of the Holy Spirit, and you say, you're not going to hide in the dark corners of my life. And and I said, you're going to get victory. That's a prophetic word to you. You will have victory in these areas because you walked humbly before your God. Now, we've established what Israel was asked to do. If they repent and they turn and they obey, God will restore their land. He'll leave a blessing behind. And so far in the the few weeks leading up to today, we've been dealing with a concept that we've called beforewards. And we've used this word half jokingly, but half seriously, because... In Joel chapter 2, verse 28, which is where you should have your finger, Joel 2, 28, it starts with the word afterwards. So we couldn't get to the afterwards until we knew what was beforewards. So we've spent several weeks on the beforewards, and now we're finally arriving at the afterwards. Joel 2, 28. And afterwards. Now, after what? After humility and repentance. You can do it on your own or in a season of desperation. But either way, it's going to be after humility and repentance. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. What a great future we have Through humility and repentance, we get this amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it's going to hit everybody. Sons and daughters, they will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. I'm still seeing, seeing visions. Some of you are dreaming dreams. I don't... 
just kidding. I dream dreams too. It's half and half right now. You know, it depends on how old you are. Servants get a blessing. Children get a blessing. Men, women, the educated, the non-educated, those that thought they were religious, those who thought they weren't, everyone gets it. If they are humble and they repent, they get this. Now, for you scholars out there, you understand that if you've read in the English version or in other versions and you've compared that to the Hebrew version, you know that this section of Joel, in some of the translations, it has it in chapter 3. So when I said turn to chapter 228 and you turn in your Bible, if you happen to say he's reading the wrong verse, that's because you have one of the other versions and your version would have been in Joel chapter 1. Verse 1 through 5. So let's get on the same page. Find that in your text, whichever version you have. And it should start with something that sounds like, and afterwards I will pour out my spirit. The end of two or the beginning of three. You know, by the way, that's not the only time that happens in Scripture through the translations. It happens quite often as you read through the, the Parashat HaShavuah, the weekly readings. The numberings are different. And don't, don't be upset about this. Don't be f- fearful doesn't mean the Bible's inaccurate. All it means is that later, some people came in and they wanted to make it easier to find your place in the Bible. And so they started to break up chapters and put some numbers in verses. That wasn't part of the original text. It came later. And some of them apparently did not agree on where the numbers should go. Please don't let that rock your faith. Did we really think that everybody was going to agree on the numbers? No. But this portion of scripture describes a great outpouring of the spirit on everyone. What is the basic idea? The basic idea is that everyone gets impacted by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's a way by which God is saying, I I appreciate that you're my people, but I have more for you. And isn't that a lesson we all need to take to heart? That no matter how long we've walked with the Lord, how long we've been in the congregation, how long we've been a disciple. Friends, hear me today. Hear the good news. God still has more for you. He's not done with you. He's not even mostly done with you. God has so much more for us because his his very being is, is a being that he wants to pour out That's all he's ever wanted to do. Breathe life into us. Give us giftings and callings and destinies and his spirit. And when he he wanted to get closer to us, he would come out of heaven and he would come walk on the earth. Shows up seven different times in the Old Testament. Walking on the earth with people. Oh, I want to get closer to him. I'm in the garden. I'm talking to Joshua. I'm the commander of the Lord of hosts. I'm in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm eating the covenant meal with the 70 elders of Israel. I'm talking to Abraham and having lunch. I'm wrestling with Jacob. I want to get close to these people. They even said of Moses, what God is like your God that comes so close? And when that wasn't enough, he came again. This time, he came in a full human form fully God, fully man, so that he could sacrifice himself for us in the man nature. 
And when that wasn't enough, he still wanted to be closer. He still had more for us. He would give us his own spirit, the Holy Spirit. That's how close. It wasn't even close enough to be over there. He wanted to be like right here. And then that wasn't close enough. He wanted to be inside. This is the intimacy that God desires in our life, inside. That's what the outpouring of his spirit was. And the first major outpouring, of course, that we see is in Acts chapter 2 at Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks. But we should understand, friends, the history of the Holy Spirit tonight. This outpouring, thank you, Lord, for your spirit, but what is it? And what does it do? You know, I want to take some tangible things home. So in the Hebrew, the ruach, the spirit of God, the, 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 the wind or the breeze of God, it comes in. That's how he's able to breathe his spirit into us for life. And we see the spirit of God show up right at the beginning of the Bible. Genesis chapter one, verse one and two. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit, the ruach of God was hovering over the waters. God was present. The earth was present. Water was present and his spirit was there. That's how the curtains open on this play. And later we see a few select people in the Tanakh, in the Old Testament, who were described as being filled with this same Ruach, this same Spirit of God. And it says that the Spirit of God was, was working to convict people of sin even before Noah's flood. Did you know that? Genesis 6, verse 3. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. This corresponds quite well with the new covenant and the work of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 8. When he comes, that's the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. He's been doing that since before the flood. Now the Spirit kept coming. It came on certain judges and warriors and prophets in a way that gave them extraordinary power. For example, it came on Joshua, Othniel, Gideon, Samson, and Saul. The Spirit of God even filled some of the prophets uniquely. Ezekiel 2, verse 1 and 2. He said to me, this is Ezekiel talking, he said to me, son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. And he spoke. The Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet and I heard him speaking to me. This is not a new phenomenon what God's been wanting to do. By the time Joel gets to it, it's what God's always been wanting to do. And you say, well then, Pastor Chad, why doesn't he just do it? How come there's these few people who get it? It's been in God's heart from the beginning. Sometimes the Spirit gives people special skills. Exodus 31, 2 and 3. See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills. He was very skilled. There are many other instances in the Tanakh and the Brichadashah, the Old Testament and the New Testament writings where the Holy Spirit is at work, including in the birth and the conception of Yeshua the Messiah. The Spirit is at work. Let me give you our first key phrase tonight. 
The Spirit of God was meant to be with all of God's people, not just with specific ones. Did you know that? The Spirit of God was always meant to be with all of God's people, not just specific ones, but something happened. Something happened in ancient Israel that took us off course from God's intended plan. There was a time where Israel was offered, coming out of Egypt at the Passover, going through the miraculous Red Sea for their immersion in water, let's call it their baptism, finding themselves at the foot of the mountain of Mount Sinai, receiving the word of the Lord. So they're saved by the blood, they're washed by the water, and they're receiving the word. You understand how salvation works, right? And here they are at the foot of the mountain. God is giving them the commandments. He's giving them the covenant laws. It's this great moment for the people of God to get everything that God had for them. I gave you freedom. I made you a nation. I'm giving you my word. Now I'm ready to give you my spirit. And what happens in Exodus chapter 20 is a problem. If you're taking notes, Exodus 20 verse 18. It says, when the people saw the thunder and the lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. But the people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. You see, friends, at the mountain of the Lord, they were supposed to get all that God intended. But when God was trying to pour out his spirit in a greater measure, they took steps backwards and they stayed at a distance. They said, Moses, we're not ready for that. Wait, 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 Moses says, no, 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 you don't understand. You want this. This is important. You're going to need this. Israel, you're called as a priestly nation. How are you going to do your priestly duties without this spirit in you? They said, we're afraid of him. We don't, we don't want that gift. And it set us off on a tangent of history we were never meant to be on. We were never meant to be on a tangent of history as God's people with his calling and destiny to change the world on his salvation. We were never meant to be on a tangent trying to do that without his Holy Spirit power. And sometimes I think that's why we were so ineffective at our calling. Now, in this moment, the people made it clear that they did not want this level of closeness with God. However, God saw this Holy Spirit as a gift that he wanted to give them, but they didn't, they didn't want to receive it this way. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, Yeshua describes it that way. He says, on one occasion, while he, Yeshua, was eating with them, the disciples, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised you which you have heard me speak about, which means that wasn't the first time Yeshua had talked about it. Wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. By the way, guys, remember, I've been talking about that a lot, he would say. He, on, he goes on later to tell us what this gift will do. Acts 1, verse 8, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Did you catch that? 
You will, you will receive power. It wasn't a maybe. It wasn't a, hey, if you're good enough, if you, if you just check off all the right boxes and have a good 30 minutes of devotion time and make sure you hit your prayer book and make sure you're, you're at congregation and go to that small group. Once you do all those good things, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do a quick test I'm gonna look at your spiritual inventory and then I'm gonna send you my Holy Spirit. No, this was a commandment. When you say yes to Yeshua, you get a gift and a seal of the Holy Spirit in your life. It is a command promise. You will receive it. So if you've ever heard a gospel preached a different way, you didn't hear the real gospel. You will receive the Holy Spirit and that Holy Spirit will give you power. You see, if we're walking with the Holy Spirit, but without power, we still haven't achieved this verse yet. We haven't arrived. But you will receive the Holy Spirit and he will give you power to do what? To be my witness. So you see, the Holy Spirit is linked with power and power is linked with evangelism. You will be my witnesses with that power. That's how it was supposed to always work as the people of God. Let me give you our second key phrase tonight. The promise of the Holy Spirit was part of the gift. The promise of power was part of the gift of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to guess, you don't have to beg, it's supposed to be part of the promise, that power of the Holy Spirit. Now that power of the Holy Spirit connects us back to the original text in Joel chapter two. You see, God didn't, didn't get that chance to pour out his spirit as it was in his heart in Exodus. And Joel realizes that God's people are still waiting for this. We see it finally poured out in the described way and described measure in Acts chapter two during Shavuot. Acts 2, 4 says it this way, all of the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit enabled them. You see, what was different was at Mount Sinai when there was smoke and there was trumpets and there was supernatural things going on around them, they got afraid and they took a step back and they said no. But in Acts chapter two, on the festival day of the Feast of Weeks, where they were gathered in the upper room, 120 of them, they saw similar things again. They were reading the book of Ezekiel, which is the traditional thing to read on the Feast of Weeks about prophecy and the spirit of God and fire. They were reading those things and then the tongues of fire start circling above them. And while the supernatural is coming on them, they don't make the same mistake. They don't take a step back this time. This time they lean into it and they say, yes, that's the thing Yeshua said we were waiting for. And they got to receive the fullness of what God had intended for his people from the very beginning. And they corrected the tangent that we'd been living on this alternate reality for so long, they were able to right that ship and come into alignment with God's will again. That salvation is a promise of a gift of the Holy Spirit, which is a promise of power that is infused in us so that we can go be his witnesses. We were never supposed to be his witnesses without the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we can look forward to, guys, in this outpouring. And Acts describes the receiving of the power of the Holy Spirit to be those witnesses. It's connected to salvation. I'm gonna go back to Joel. I'm gonna read the main text again. And this time, instead of focusing on the dreams and visions, listen to the salvation part. 
and afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all peoples. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders, there's the power, in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. That was just like Sinai. The sun will be turned to dark and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You see, the spirit connects with power. The power connects with salvation. This was the will of God. Our people had forfeited this empowerment for a season. And the Lord is so gracious to us. Anybody who's walked a road that you're ashamed of in your life, listen to me now. You need to hear this. If you've ever lived a life, walked a path, done things you are ashamed of, and Satan keeps reminding you of them, listen to this. Israel forfeited that gift for a while, but God in his grace gave them the chance to bring it right back online. And he came to them again with a second offer and he said, remember in Joel, I told you this was gonna happen. And then remember Yeshua said it was gonna happen. And here it is again today. I'm giving you a second chance. Would you please take everything I've always wanted you to have and let my spirit live inside of you? And praise God, the disciples said yes. Praise God today, we get to continue to say yes to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's always been meant, the Holy Spirit's always been meant to be an integral part of Israel's destiny and its witness to the unbelieving world. Sometimes you can even look at it from this perspective. Would Israel have been more effective in their calling to date if they had not forfeited God's presence in their life? where he would speak to them and draw close to them, empower them instead of taking a step back and forfeiting that for a season. But today we are promised the power of the Holy Spirit. Worship team, why don't you come on up? What we're gonna do for the next moment or two is we're going to let the Holy Spirit give us everything he wants to give us. Does that sound good to someone here in the house tonight? Why don't you stand to your feet with me as we pray? You see, guys, we need the Holy Spirit in our life to fulfill the destiny that he's created in us. But going right back to our purpose for this series, the days we are entering will be more challenging than any days in front of us. In many ways, we find ourselves, we find our generation right in the middle of the Bible's texts. We can be the ones they're writing about at the end of the age. But in order to do what God has asked us to do, we need to walk humbly, be ready to repent when we need to, receive all of the gift of the Holy Spirit has been intended for us, walk in that power so we can do what we're called to do in this last age because we will not be effective if we don't. We can build the nicest buildings. We can preach the nicest sermons. We can have the nicest, most organized congregational meetings. We can do the best music, the best lights, the best videography, the best newsletters. We can do best all of that. And if we miss this point right here, we will be ineffective. It's not my might, nor by power. He means your power, my power. But by my spirit, says the Lord. 
That was the original point of this whole series, is to let us know that God has so much more for us in his outpouring. Would you close your eyes with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just put your body physically in whatever position your heart is in right now, however you receive it from the Lord. Remember, this was a gift. Father, we, we want to agree with you today that this is a gift. It was a gift when you first talked about it in Exodus. It is a gift in Joel when you talk about it. It was a gift when Yeshua talked about it. It was a gift in Acts when it was mentioned again. And when the Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter 2, it is a gift today. It is a sign and a seal. We do not want to try to live this believer's life without your Spirit in us. Father, would you forgive us tonight where we've tried? On our own, in our own strength, in our own wisdom, forgive us. Cleanse us of that sin of that independence, of that arrogance. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. This is your house. It's not ours. This is your house. We are your temple now. The Bible tells us that we are the temple of God. And since his presence had always wanted to dwell in the temple, it now dwells in us. We receive it today. We pray as John prayed that we would decrease that you might increase in our life. Father, we receive your power now and we receive all of the supernatural that comes with that. We receive it in, even when we don't understand it. We are not gonna be afraid of your presence, God. We are not gonna take a step backwards. We're gonna dive into what you wanna give us because we know you have so much more from your heart that you wanna pour out. Please let it pour today. Please let it pour out today. Signs, wonders, dreams, visions, healings, deliverances, the boldness to witness with wisdom at right at the moment we need it. A courage that we will need in these last days. Perseverance we're going to need in these last days. We receive all of it today in the name of Yeshua. We receive it. Pour your spirit out, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's take that attitude into worship for a few minutes. The Holy Spirit is saying some things. And there's a lot of things we're going to do as a community tonight from our prayer time at Deeper Connections to our online community group, the Purim things starting to kick off. But listen, don't leave here unless you first see yourself at the foot of that mountain. And when God draws near, you say, yes, I want everything, even if I don't understand it yet. I want everything you have for me tonight. Thank you, Lord.